0: Welcome into the Warehouse, a show which covers the Baltimore Orioles and Major League Baseball. The Warehouse is part of BSL Radio. Baltimore Sports and Life is dedicated to analysis and discussion on the Orioles, Baltimore Ravens, and the University of Maryland. The site has a team of writers providing coverage of those teams and houses live streaming content weekly. Join the conversations at the message board, like BSL on Facebook, and follow BSL on Twitter. 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 All right, we're here for episode number four of The Warehouse, entitled 4.1. Technically, Bob Harkins is the co-host. I'm Brandon Warren. Bob, are you with me? We still can't seem to get Bob on here. Let's see if we can figure that out here. Just a second, Bob. We got gotcha. you. Can you hear? Can you
1: hear
0: me now? We got gotcha, you. Finally. Okay. So I, right. I, told, I told the listeners we're episode four point one had a little bit of a snafu at the top of the hour, but I think we're figuring this out slowly but surely. Uh, I, again, I am your host, Brandon Warren. This is episode number four of The Warehouse. Bob Harkins joining me as always. You might notice my audio sounds a little bit better, and that's because I've upgraded the home studio microphone, so hopefully hopefully that will make this sound a little bit better. Sounds great to me. Sarah. Well, good. That's all, that's all I can care about at this point. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Just keep me happy, Brandon. That's all. That's all that matters. Exactly. <laughs> so when we look at
0: this team right now, uh, 20 and 12, there are, let's see, one, two, three, four, five 20-win teams in the American League right now. The Orioles are one of them. Uh, basically, for, for all intents and purposes, tied with the Red Sox atop this division, the Red Sox with one more win, but also one more loss. And so w- when you look at the landscape of the American League on the whole, and I think I think we had agreed that this was going to be a crazy American League uh, the East is no exception to that. Uh when, when you look at the American League right now, where do you get a good feel for where the Orioles belong in this uh this hierarchy?
1: It's you know, we talked about this last week. The American League is so like there's no real dominant team to to my eyes, and I don't I think you're kinda in the same boat. And there's no real terrible team, you know, except for maybe the team eat cover. I'm sorry about that. But Yikes. uh that's accurate um <laughs> and and honestly, I don't know. I don't know where the Yankees are going to end up as this season goes on, but uh, they don't they don't look particularly good. But you know, when I look at this, the only team I really I really see as the potential to be, you know, clearly better than the than the Orioles is is the team you just mentioned, the Red Sox. But it's so early, and I could totally see these things changing as the season goes on. I mean, and they're tied right now. But the the Red Sox are scoring, you know, more than a run a game, more than the Orioles. With despite the Orioles having this great offense, and they're actually, then this is what surprises me: is they're giving up more runs than the than the Orioles. They're giving up, uh, you know, point seven more runs per game. But uh, they lead the American League run differential, one point four, and you know they they look like the team to beat to me. But but again. You know, I don't see them as clearly better than the Orioles at all. Do you? Do you? Do
0: you I, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I think the the Red Sox have that kind of aura, having won a few World Series in in recent years, where you know maybe that that lasts in people's mind a little bit more. But I, I, no, I don't. I don't necessarily think they're overwhelmingly better. You know, now that Zach Britton's back and and doing his thing. In fact, I saw that up front with the Twin Series here. The the two gamer that was supposed to be a three gamer, but they had a game. "Quote unquote," weathered out that you know honestly uh, it wasn't (laughs) the weather never really hit but anyway they'll play that one in in July so it's it's a sweep with an asterisk but you know saw Britain up front saw a lot of these guys up front I'm I'm impressed with this Baltimore team especially the bullpen which I I had expected having broken down this team to that point uh, to this point in the season but when I look at the rest of the 20 win teams and that's you know that's an arbitrary number that I've just kind of pulled out of my hat. Uh, Some of the other 21 teams are kind of surprising. The White Sox, which I don't know that a lot of people would have expected, have 23 wins, the most in the American League, second most in baseball behind their north side counterparts, the the Cubs. But also the Mariners have 21 wins. There's two 21 teams in the West, and I think everybody expected Texas to be pretty good. But the Mariners with 21 wins too, you know, so you've got the Mariners and the White Sox, who you don't know if they can necessarily keep it up, that are the only real teams that are quote-unquote ahead of, Of the Orioles. In fact, the Mariners have the same exact record as the 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 Red Sox. I almost screwed that up. uh, As the Red Sox, so you know you get a sense for for how they're playing right now. But honestly, there's teams that are succeeding right now that you can't really imagine that continuing or not without you know some kind of weird situation playing out. And then there's teams struggling that you're like, wow, I thought they were better than this. The, The Royals are under 500. The Tigers are under 500. Houston is 14 and 21, and somehow they're in third place in the West. So I mean. It's so topsy-turvy that it's hard for me to get a read right now.
1: It really is. And, you know, that's why the baseball season is so great, too. It's so long. It's such a marathon. You just don't know, you know, what are we five weeks in now? We don't know what's going to hold up here. Like, I know, like, talking about the Mariners, I know there have been some people that were high on the Mariners as early as last year. I think it was Buster only, VSPN, like them. And they didn't come to fruition. And they're they're getting much better pitching particularly out of their bullpen than I think anyone expected. And they've been winning. Now, Steve uh, specifically. Games. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And they're five and one in X training games. So, you know, that's kind of the kind of thing that, you know, can a team kind of have that magical feel and run it through the, through the, through an entire season, like kind of like Seattle did in 2001 mm-hmm. or, or, you know, is, it, is their true talent level going to come back over the course of a long season, then you're going to see Texas at the top and possibly Houston back up there as well if they can get their their um, pitching in, in, in shape? You know, um, if, that, if that
0: magic exists, I don't know that you could diagnose it at 30, 35 games either. So there might be a team working right. on magic, and and I think the Cubs are the team that's number one with a bullet in that respect, but it's, it can be hard to diagnose at this point in the season too. So So maybe, you know, if we come on in a week, we might have a totally different feel for this. You know, maybe the, the Orioles drop five or seven games. I, I don't necessarily see that happening and, and the Red Sox take off. And then, you know, it's like getting a progress report halfway through the quarter at school. Things can change so fast that it's, it's hard to know exactly how to read this right now, but I do think that the Orioles are in the top uh, maybe five or six teams right now. And again, that's probably a cop-out due to record, but I've really been been impressed with how they've played so far.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree. I I don't think there's any reason, you know, following the Orioles to to expect them to fall off the table. The the way the American League is structured this year, they ought to be in it to the end. Are they, you know, I don't know if they're the favorite, but I don't think anybody is a clear favorite above them either.
0: Yeah, if I was going to, you know, pick a definitively better team, honestly, you know, you'd want to go Kansas City. You might want to go Houston. You might want to go Texas, and all those teams have – lesser records and so you know it would be like if you did power rankings and you you listed those teams above them you know how many angry comments you'd get in the the comments section we all, we're we all familiar with how that goes we, we wouldn't want to do that
1: yeah let's not do power rankings <laughs> no thanks
0: uh so over the past four years the the O's have more than 200 home runs in each, in each season. Um, The 96 team, I believe that's the team that had Brady Anderson go absolutely bonkers hit 257. Do you suspect that this is a team that can challenge that Mark?
1: I, I think so. I mean, it's, I was looking at that 96 team and yeah, that was the year Brady Anderson had 50 home runs out of nowhere. And you know, you can speculate on where that came from. But you know, obviously, that's been talked about. You know, we wouldn't be the first ones to bring it up. I wouldn't uh, not accusing them of anything, but but a season like that out of nowhere did cause some people to talk. And also, remembering Rafael Palmeiro was on that team, he hit 39 home runs. He hit 39 home runs that year, which was not, you know, an outlier season for him by any means. But you know. You know, obviously there were there were whispers about him as well. And they got twenty five home runs out of Chris Hoyles that year. Which again was it. not a yeah, it was not a clear year for him. But when you think about, you know, power hitters, I don't know, Chris Hoyles didn't, didn't leap to my mind. They had a lot of power on that team. Uh this current team is on pace for two thirty five, which would put them eighteen short. Um, but you've got you know, Manny Machado's on pace for a Brady Anderson year. He's on pace for 52 homers, and Mark Trumbull's on pace for 47. So, you know, is it realistic to think those two keep up that pace? You know, maybe not. So, I don't know. What do you think? I, I'm kind of thinking it would be a stretch for them to reach that mark, but, but I, I mean, if they were to get Adam Jones hitting, uh, Jonathan Scope hitting a little better, you know, maybe they could.
0: Well, here's the sheer numbers and the sheer facts of the situation. Forty-nine through thirty-two games is a two hundred and forty-eight home run pace. That would make you what nine, nine home runs shy of that record. Now, there are a couple things at play here. Ryan Flaherty playing an awful lot in place of J.J. Hardy. Not necessarily shortstop specifically, but you're in the batting order. That's a that's a big drop. And having Hardy out for uh, I think a fair amount of the season definitely hurts. But like you said, you know, Jones has to get going again. He absolutely pasted some balls against the Twins, and it really looked like I think maybe that the Orioles fans should send a thank you card to the Twins pitchers for reinvigorating whatever it was that uh, was ailing him or bothering him early on because, boy, did he look locked in uh, for that quick two-gamer. I think it, I think I saw our fearless leader Chris Stoner tweet something like his OPS had gone up 100 points in that two-game span. So uh, you're welcome wow. from the state of Minnesota, Adam Jones. But – uh, Pedro Alvarez, another guy, two home runs now. If he settles in as a 30-home run guy, that's that's a lot of slack to pick up. Matt Wieters, too, just one home run, 586 OPS. Maybe something going on there health-wise. I, I don't really know exactly, but that's another guy who could pick up the slack a little bit. But at the same time, too, you know, Joey Rickard's got three home runs. I doubt he's going to break 10, so there's going to be some regression there as well. I, I think they'll threaten, but I think they might just fall short. We have to keep in mind, too, 96 was the steroid era. Again, not steroid era from a level of suspicion, but just the way the ball was flying out of ballparks back then. I mean, you're talking about league uh, OPSs of like 760 or 780 or, you know, uh, you had to have like an eight something OPS to even have an OPS plus over 100 at Coors Field. And and the rest of the league looked like Coors Field looks now. So it's going to be hard to match that standard, in, in my opinion.
1: I agree. Those are all great points, and, and thank you for correcting my math. I think, I think my math was a day off. Um, I think I didn't include the yesterday's game. But, uh, but one player, I, I would I rather would not have again. included it, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> <laughs> 9-2 loss <laughs> for the Twins yeah. against the Orioles. No, I hear you. And not to pile on, well, kind of piling on, but how many more games do they have against the Twins this year? Cause that might it might just be back. one. It might just be that that makeup game, honestly. Yeah, so we can ex- probably expect that pace to drop a little bit.
0: You've got to put that into the regression model. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. And so, okay, so we, we discuss a little bit about where we believe they fit in the hierarchy, but when you, when you evaluate this team, and you think about maybe what you expected coming into the season, have they more or less met your expectations? I mean, you're talking about a team, we mention this every time. Uh, well, I haven't mentioned this yet. I think they're eighth in run differential in the entire major leagues at plus 29. First in home runs in the American League, second in the triple slash categories, every single one of them, 273, 336, 466 across the board. Um, League average roughly in strikeouts, league average roughly in walks, not stealing any bases. Honestly, if I were to write a recipe um, ingredient for ingredient, I don't know that it would have come out that way. But I think the final product is pretty much what I expected.
1: That's a that's about what I was going to say. I mean, I mean, the, you expected offense, you expected home runs, you expected maybe some rotation struggles and a good bullpen, and I think in general that's what we're getting here. Um, you know, and, and like you say, it might be we might be getting it from some different sources than we expected, but uh, it's all evening out to be pretty much what what this team looked like coming into the
0: yeah. season. And I think Adam Jones will pick up the slack where Rickard might fall back. And maybe Machado doesn't have a, a 1,100 OPS all season long, but you get a little more out of Jonathan scope. I think Matt Weeders picks it up a little bit. I think this is a sustainable situation. And they honestly, I, I guess I don't know how um, correlation for this kind of thing works, but like I said, second across the board in triple slash categories, fourth in hits, fourth in doubles, but fifth in runs scored. And I don't know what the correlation for OPS and runs scored is, but does – Anything trip your trigger about being second in raw OPS, but fifth in run scored where you think they should be scoring even more runs?
1: You know, I'd have to delve into maybe, maybe there's some situational hitting issues there. Well, maybe, if the team if
0: out a fair amount too, so that could be yeah. um, guys on base.
1: Yeah. If you're getting, you're getting, they're getting a lot of guys on base. They're hitting a lot of home runs. That would explain the, the, uh, the high OPS, but maybe, you know, a few more, singles and doubles with running runners in scoring position. Maybe that's maybe that's what's uh, the difference there.
0: And I think it's it's not really a surprise to say that the bullpen has been fantastic. You look at the guys that have thrown, let's see, the six most innings. I'm lumping Vance Worley in here because he's made more relief appearances five than he has starts four. So all the guys who have thrown actually you know what I screwed that up. Baseball reference has this kind of funny hierarchy where the five guys that are you know, the main bullpen cogs and then they separate the swing men a little bit. But anyway, Vance mm-hmm. Worley, Dylan Bundy, Darren O'Day, Michael Gibbons, Brad Brock and Zach Britton, you know, six of the main bullpen pillars all have ERAs under 2.90. Worley's the high man at 2.89, Brad Brock, the low man at 1.0. That's two earned runs in 18 innings. Uh, got a front row seat to him on, let's see, it must've been Tuesday night, but that whole bullpen, in fact, ran roughshod to the twins. The twins did give a, uh, Kevin Gausman, a pretty decent game. A couple of mammoth home runs, including an Adam Jones one that I think was measured like 460 feet over the bullpen at Target Field. Uh, you know, 3-1 deficit, and with Gausman still in there, Trevor Plouffe followed a, a Brian Dozier single with a huge home run to left tie the game. But the bullpen came in and did what this bullpen is expected to do. I think it was three shutout innings from, I want to say it was Brock O'Day and Britton. The only hit given up was by Brock, and Danny Santana hit a rocket, with maybe one out that Brock deflected off of his leg. And then Santana ended up getting to second, but was stranded there. That's that's the kind of lockdown bullpen experience that I'm expecting from this Orioles team. And I think that's been kind of how it's been all year. I think you'd probably have to give them an A or an, uh, an A plus if that's a grade in your grading system. But honestly, the, the bullpen has done everything I could have expected and possibly even more. Would you agree?
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I think, we expect them to be great and that's pretty much what we're, we're getting. I think do you have any concerns over usage as we go forward. I mean, Brock's got 18 innings. Yeah, that's I a lot. He's, he's, he's the only one that's really up there. I guess everyone else is, you know, the 12 to 13, 14 range,
0: but, but he's he, got he, 18,
1: 18 he, innings and he's got, uh, yeah, I guess that's it. I mean, really, maybe it's not as bad as I was expecting.
0: But but let's see, 18 innings in 32 games, that comes out to 91 innings plus an out. So 91 in the third innings over the full course of the season. That's that's some Anthony Swarzak business for people familiar with the Twins, where the guy worked 100 innings, I think, a couple of years ago as a mop-up guy. Brad Brock's definitely not a mop-up guy. In fact, we've had ample discussions about mop-up guys for the Orioles in my columns, even talking about guys like Vance Worley and, and Dylan Bundy working some of those lower leverage innings too. No, I don't think you can get 90 innings out of Brock and expect him to still be upright in July, let alone August or September. So I think that's, that's going to be a situation where Buck is going to have to turn to Dylan Bundy and find out what he's got in this kid again, 23 years old, but more walks than strikeouts, six walks, five strikeouts and 12 innings. Just not impressive, five strikeouts he's faced fifty four batters, so a sub ten percent strikeout rate, which makes it sound like he should be pitching for the twins, quite frankly, and so no i just I do not think he can keep pushing the guys quite like this, but he's a smart seasoned veteran manager that I think will will know that, and he'll back off guys as the season goes on, but honestly, you know I'd have to give that bullpen an A or an a plus the rotation maybe like a solid B minus. Cause again, Chris Tillman's really exceeded my expectations. Tyler Wilson has, has done okay. Again, peripheral is not all that strong. And then Kevin Gaussman has, I think been pretty close to what you would want from him in his transition, hopefully to an ace for this club. And then, you know, everybody else is, just, it's just kind of a mishmash of so, so, you know, blahness, but honestly, I'd have to give it a solid B or B minus.
1: Yeah, I agree with that because I mean, I, I was not expecting, frankly expecting much out of Jimenez. Um and I and Tillman is exceeding my expectations. Gaussman's been looking great in his four starts. Well not great, but you know, he's been looking good in his four starts with the potential to look great as the season goes on. You know Let's do this. Let's to this. me it's,
0: oh, go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry, I, I was jumping in too fast.
1: No, no, yeah, yeah. Come on, back off man. No, um, <laughs> just kidding Um No, I I mean I was just more or less echoing what you were saying that uh, you know they get they get a B or a B plus based on expectations you know this group this group I don't think I think their expectations were you know moderate so so grading on a so curve far, basically so far so good yes grading on a curve yes so go ahead. So let's go
0: Let's do this. Let's play a little over-under before we uh, let people go. we got about 10 minutes left here in the show. It's an abbreviated show. We actually had hoped to get Rob Nyer on and hoped to have him very soon. Very excited about that. Uh, Schedules just didn't quite work out today. So I'm glad we are, we're still able to bring this broadcast to you. We had a little bit of broadcasting difficulties as well, but how about this? Let's play a little over-under before we let people go.
1: Okay. Let's give this a shot.
0: All right. So, we got an over/under here of 89 wins for the Orioles. I did look at the latest FanGraphs projections, and again, projections right now uh, they're a little murky. I think because you know it's so early and so many teams are in flux. But it says 86 wins, which I think I think that's going to put you right in the mix come late September. But it's not 89 yeah. like the over/under asks for. Are you taking the over or the under at 89? Uh let's
1: see. I'm going to – are we – actually, let me ask you this. Are we going to go back and check what we say here later on? No,
0: absolutely not. Well, whoever does that. I don't think absolutely anybody not. ever does it. It's like, it's like having no a mock elect- draft. Nobody grades mock no drafts. One's,
1: <laughs> no one's going <laughs> to hold me to it. I'm going to so. be um, I'm gonna be uh, bullish compared to fan graphs, but I'm going to say under – I'm going to say 88. That's the bold prediction right there. No, so that's not far, though.
0: I, I'll say 85.
1: 85. Okay. Okay. In the, yeah, and I mean, I do think, you have them in, in the playoffs, then?
0: I think it'd be just on the outside looking in, but honestly, that's that's so much me trying to project what I thought at the beginning of the season and, and trying not to overvalue this early portion of the year. I really like the team though, honestly. And it's, it's been the best baseball I've viewed by far and granted that's because I've been watching the Minnesota twins play quite frequently. And that's, that's, that's a dissertation of psychology unto itself, but <laughs> it's a, It's been. It's been a fantastic run, and I think it's a. It's a very good, well constructed Orioles team that I, I hadn't previously expected it to be, and I think they'll win eighty five games.
1: Okay. Well, let me let me ask you the next one. Sure. Okay. Because uh, I, I, I need an I need I need an explanation of this one, and maybe some of the listeners would need one too. Machado finishes with an F WAR of 7.5 over under. So give us give us your take on F WAR. Kind of ex- explain that to me, and then uh, and then give me your your take on it.
0: So F WAR for people that are um, unaccustomed is is it's little F for Fan Graphs, and then wins above replacement. It basically takes everything that we can grade from a player offense and defense, and I think base running a little bit too puts it into this machine and then spits out a number that says this player is worth X number of wins above a replacement level player. So your, your very good players will be about two or three wins above replacement. Your superstars start checking in about four five or six, depending on position, of course. And then your super hyper elite, like Mike Trouts are eight to 10. In fact, Mike Trout this year, assuming he has a vintage Mike Trout year, and he seems to certainly be on that pace will pass Kirby Puckett, Hall of Famer Kirby Puckett, in career fangraphs war this season. So he's he's been wow. an incredible wow. talent. Um, Manny Machado, wow. for uh, for people wondering, has a six-win season under his belt, and that was in 2013 when he only hit 283, 314, 432, as far as triple slash statistics go. But his defense was just ungodly amazing. Again, I think Orioles fans can can attest to that, of course. Last year's season was a 6.8. That was 286, 359, 502, 35 homers, 20 steals. Again, very good defense, but in Fangraph's eyes, again, defense hard to quantify, not quite as good. So it would be unprecedented territory for Manny Machado to jump up to the 7.5 level. However, through 32 games, he's at 2.7 right now. So he's already played the equivalent of a full season from an all-star. That puts him, I'm no math whiz here, at a pace for right around 9 or 10. So he he could cool off a little bit, or the defensive stats, once they start normalizing, could bring him down a little bit. But honestly, I'm taking the over, Bob. How about you?
1: Yeah, I'm going with you on that. He, he's not going to finish with what he's on pace for. I, don't, I mean, I don't think he's going to hit 360 all year. But he's—he's he's, this guy is a star. He's going to be, you know, very soon. He's—you're already starting to hear whispers that he should be not—I'm sorry, not whispers, more the whispers that he should be mentioned with Trout and Harper and in that category. Mm-hmm. And he's—I—I I think he's going to get there. I think he's going to ultimately be considered with those guys. So yeah, I'm going to take I'm going to take the over seven point six. Let's go with that.
0: All right. So Mark Trumbo is the next one we got here. OPS uh, north or south of eight seventy five. I'm I'm just thinking about this from a regression standpoint. Almost 140 plate appearances, and he's at a 1, 1.002 or a thousand two. Some people will say a thousand. Some people will say one oh two, one double oh two rather. So for the next. 400 and some odd plate appearances. What would he have to do to be under 875? It would probably be something in the neighborhood of 780 or 800, which I'm sure probably isn't too far off of his career marks. Ah, boy, uh, honestly, I think yeah. I might take just a little bit under, but I think he finishes above 800, to be honest with you.
1: Yeah, his, his best career OPS in one season was 808 with the Angels yeah. in 2012. He hit uh, it's been 32 two runs, And uh he hit two sixty eight that year. Um he has never hit higher than two sixty eight. That was his highest batting average in any one season. He's hitting three twenty three right now.
0: So it's a fifty so, point. Yeah, jump I,
1: I think we've got a healthy regression ahead. I know I love Trombo as an offensive player. I've always liked him. I, I everything I've read about him, I like him personally. But I mean, I don't think we can expect this to continue at this pace. Um, I think he'll be over 800, but I think he'll be under 875.
0: Yep, yeah, I think I agree with that. You can, uh, you want to take the next over under?
1: Okay, what do we got here? Gasman, Tillman, and Jimenez combined for 570 innings. Oh my goodness. Okay, help me out with the math here. Brandon?
0: I'm doing it right. I'm doing it right now as we speak. <laughs> it looks to me like they're on pace for about 501 and a third. Keep in mind yeah. that that's going to be a little skewed by Gaussman missing time so far. Uh, 38.1 innings or 38 and a third rather for Tillman. Gaussman is at 25 and Jimenez is at 35 and two thirds. So if you norm, if you had to normalize, you're probably two starts shy of Gaussman at 570 though you're still looking at 190 innings for three guys. Ooh, I got to take the yeah. under that. I just can't see Gaussman getting I can't see Gaussman being yeah. the third wheel in a in a bunch that throws an average of 200 innings if he comes down to say 170. I don't see the I don't see I just don't see yeah. it happening.
1: I'm I'm going to agree with you. I I think Tillman let's go with this. I'm going to be optimistic. I think Tillman is going to take that next step this season. This is not through seven starts, this is not a mirage. He is going to be the ace this year. Gaussman's going to be right there with him. But again, he's he's starting off you know, kind of behind pace wise. And Jimenez is the guy that's that's gonna keep them from reaching that five seventy mark. I think. I think he's 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 a four and a half ERA guy. And I think he'll continue to be a four and a half ERA guy. And I think as the season goes on, his pace will fall off, and we will yeah, he, come in below five seventy.
0: He seems to be playing the role of guy who is exactly who he always is right now. <laughs>
1: yeah, and I, you know, I feel bad for guys like him because he's got amazing stuff. He just can't command it. I think that's yeah. what ultimately, you know, Juan Nicasio is another guy like that. He throws mid-90s. His stuff moves all over the place. and it, But it's either well out of the zone or it's right down the middle. And that's yep. what kills, kills these guys. All
0: right. The last one here we got real quick. Alvarez and Weeder's combining for 75 home runs. I've, I've got that breaking down to about 30, 25, and 20 if you're going to be semi-close. I think Alvarez could do 30. Again, he's going to have to really pick up the pace. I think that Scope could do the 20, but I just don't see – Wheaters picking up the 20 or the 25. So I'm, I'm taking the under here, even though I'm still very bullish on, on Pedro Alvarez this season. What are you thinking?
1: Yeah, I'm agreeing with you. I'm taking the under on this. Um, I, I worry, I mean, Weeders has been fine so far. I worry about him holding up as the season goes on. He only has one home run so far. Um, you know, I, I, I would just, I would watch him carefully if I was the Orioles anyway and manage his playing time. Mm-hmm. and, you know, I think they'll come up short on there. I could see them coming in around 65, 70, but I think they'll be below below the 75. Yeah,
0: I think so, too. And so, well, that, that's pretty much all we got. A little bit of an abbreviated episode. Apologize for that, but we got the technical kinks ironed out. Good show, all things considered. Appreciate it. Um, appreciate you, Bob, for coming on. This has been the Warehouse for the Baltimore Sports and Life Network. Check us out next week. Hopefully we'll have a very exciting guest for you and check us out for episode number five. Thanks, and have a great day.
1: It's been fun, Brandon. Talk to you later.